Welcome to this week's episode of the Education Revolution Podcast. In this episode, Jerry recounts Arrow's first project in 1989, traveling over the frozen tundra of Canada for 25 miles in minus 30 degree weather to help the Kiwewin tribe start their first school in order to help them become recognized by the Canadian government. Uh, back in 1989, we had just begun to organize the Alternative Education Resource Organization under the School of Living. And I went to a conference that they were involved with up in Toronto, Canada. While I was there, I was looking at a local newspaper, and I saw that there was an Indian tribe in northern Canada that had moved back to its ancestral land and the Canadian government didn't recognize that land. They were called the Kiwewin tribe and the chief, uh, Geordie Kakapetam, had written an article that they, about their desperation to get help. They had children, for example, they were illiterate. They had no schools. They were living in tents in 30 below zero weather because the government had not helped with education or housing. So this was in my mind, and because in the past I had worked with Native Americans and helped the Mohawks start the first North American survival school back in 1971, uh, <clears throat> I thought that I thought that this was something that maybe I should get involved with, but I had to try to figure out how to communicate with the chief. So I did a little bit of research and somehow managed to arrange to talk to him by telephone. From his end, he was using a telephone that was powered with two car batteries uh, using microwaves, and that was how he was able to talk to me. And he asked me if I would come up there and help them start a school. And I told him I'd start to work on it. So I did a little bit of fundraising for this, which became Arrow's first major project. We were able to raise enough money uh, eventually to barely make the trip. And in order to get there, I first went by train to see my friends at the Mohawk Reservation in Kanawaki, just outside Montreal. And after staying there, then I went on a train, which actually doesn't exist anymore, which went to Sioux Lookout in Ontario. Uh, this was in the winter, which, of course, was the only time to get there because it was 200 miles away from the nearest road. So the only way to do that was when the lake was frozen. Sandy Lake is where they were located. And to go there by ski-mobile. So I then got off the train in Sioux Lookout and went over to Bearskin Airlines. Uh, Bearskin Airlines was the only transportation that was possible to get to Sandy Lake. And I flew up there. It was 200 miles away from the nearest road. Uh, 
and we landed on a frozen sandy lake. I then was able to go sitting in the back in a sort of a sled that was towed by a ski mobile over the frozen sandy lake, quite a bumpy ride in 30 below zero weather. I did a little bit of videotaping at the time, but it wasn't easy. I could only do about 10 seconds worth before I just froze. And after what seemed like an interminable and very cold trip, we got over there to their location at their encampment. And it was probably, there were probably two feet of snow on the ground. And uh, my driver had managed to get me over there in one piece. We went into a building and he started a little fire in a stove so I could thaw out a little bit. And I began my time there, which was about two weeks. I was able to see a cabin that they had built which could be used for the school building. They had no electricity or running water. I saw some of the tents that people had been trying to live in in that frozen environment, and I met a number of the students. Uh, I remember at one point, <laughs> I, was, I found to my surprise that in one of the buildings, there was a ping pong table. And I was actually able to teach ping pong in that environment. And we have video of it, and you can see the clouds of steam coming from our breath as I was trying to teach ping pong on this frozen table. Uh, we started a little fire in the building, but uh, didn't take much of the chill off. And the, the students were quite amazing. They were just very, very interested in learning things. And the parents were great. And so I was able to organize the parents and even some potential teachers. One of the things that they were asking was, well, didn't we need to get the government to pay for it? And I said, well, you can get this organized for yourself. You have the resources here to do it. Uh, some of the, you know, you are not illiterate, and so you can teach your children how to read. And you can actually get this school going yourself. And so I continued to work with them. We had several meetings. I got around the encampment by Schemobile from place to place. Uh, and eventually, they felt that they had the confidence to be able to start their own school. And we had meetings and uh, kind of demonstration examples of how they could run this uh, in the building, which would eventually become their school. Then, after a couple of weeks, I went back over to, to the uh, by Schemobile back across the frozen lake and to Bearskin Air, uh, Airlines and flew back down to Sioux Lookout. It's interesting that when I was on that train, they actually let me sit in the front with the engineer. I'm sure you could never do this these days. 
And when they would stop to pick people up, they, they would be mostly Native Americans. There'd be something that looked like almost the size of an outhouse that would actually be the local station. And that's where they would be waiting for this train. And as I said, that train, I guess it was not a very lucrative route, and it doesn't exist anymore. And I finally worked my way back to, to New York. Uh, subsequently, they did start their school, and it is still running today. And once the school was started, the government had to recognize it. They didn't have to recognize the land and so on, but they did have to recognize the school. Having recognized the school, they were then able to bring electricity and water to the encampment, and eventually a couple hundred people moved there. And as far as I know, they are doing fine today. And that was the first Arrow project. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Education Revolution podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can always email us at jerryarrow at aol.com. That's J-E-R-R-Y-A-E-R-O at aol.com. Or call the Arrow office at 516-621-2195.